I have nothing to offer, said Winston Churchill, but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. We have before us many, many long months of struggle and suffering. You ask, what is our policy? I can say it is to wage war by sea, land, and air with all our might and with all the strength that God can give us. To wage war against a monstrous tyranny never surpassed in the dark, lamentable catalog of human crime. That is our policy. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word. It is victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory, however long and hard the road may be. And I really have nothing to add to that. I'm Rav Mike Foyer, and this is the Jewish Heroism Project. Heroic Thoughts on Netzach, Nitzachon, Victory. For me, without question, one of the most moving moments of the last three months was listening to General Yaron Finkelman, Mithake Pikuradzrom, the commander of the southern region in the army in Israel, as he gave his orders to the ground troops before their initial entry into the Gaza Strip. We have one goal, he said, victory. It doesn't matter how long the battle will last or how hard it will be, there is no outcome other than victory. He went on to echo Churchill's famous speech after the failure at Dunkirk, telling his troops that we will fight in the enemy in the alleys, in the tunnels, on the streets, and anywhere we encounter them. And then he reminded his troops that the citizens of Be'eri, Kfar Aza, near Oz, in fact, all Am Yisrael, indeed the whole world, were watching them, and not just watching, relying on them, believing in them, knowing that they are Dor HaNitzachon, the generation of victory. And just like that, he offered a definition for a generation. Should we choose to take it? Now, three weeks later, as I dropped off my 18-year-old daughter at the induction center to begin her two years of military service in the midst of war, the phrase had already stuck. As they were pushing people to run here and there and get things done quickly, since we were still in an outdoor exposed space vulnerable to rockets, you heard them calling, Yala, Hever, Yala, let's move it, people. You're the generation of victory. It's a powerful call. It's an exciting possibility, but it takes a lot more than a catchy phrase to make a generation, and a lot more than words or even ground troops to achieve victory. So my real interest right now is to talk about what is victory, nitzachon in Hebrew, and the word netzach, which lies at its root, a word which I see to be one of the 26 paths that trace Jewish heroism. But before I can dive into netzach, at least a word about the generation piece, because first and Foremost, everybody needs to take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and realize this is going to take real time. We live in an era of instant gratification. We have for many, many decades, but it's never been worse than it is now. Three-hour Amazon deliveries, quick techno fixes for almost everything, speed of light communication. And that need for the now has extended well beyond our consumer habits. I mean, we want peace now. We want Mashiach, Messiah now. We want victory now. It's simply not how real problems get solved or how real growth occurs. Those are incremental processes, ones that demand time, patience, determination. So first of all, take a deep 
breath if you want to move toward victory. Like I said to my kids at the Shabbat table last week, our return to our homeland has been bound up with a hundred-year war. And even if you feel the end might be approaching, please, God, don't rush it. Because you could spend all the time you want preparing the perfect cup of coffee, but there's many a slip twixt the cup and the lip. You don't want to burn yourself or have it on your shirt. You want to sit down and enjoy. So breathe, people. Breathe and keep the feet moving. There's another aspect of this generational piece that we'll touch before we get into the meat of what I want to say. And that's that, you know, King David wrote in Tehillim in Psalm 24, if you want to look it up, This is the generation of those who seek God, those who seek your presence, Jacob, oh, forever. You know, a generation needs a motivation. And it's victory right now, as far as I can see. But as someone who works quite a bit with leadership training, you can be in touch, robmyfoyer, gmail.com, if you're interested personally or professionally for your institution, I can tell you that for a generation to seek something, dul dul shav, the generation that seek God, to seek it together, to effectively work to attain that type of achievement, whether it's victory or anything else, requires leadership. And it's no coincidence that our sages actually argue about the deeper meaning of this verse in the Gemara in Erechin, where they say, it says, And the rabbis argued about what does this dol dol shav mean, the generation that seeks. They said, Right? One of them said, well, the generation actually is shaped by its leaders. And the other said, that its leaders are shaped by the generation. Now, you may recall that we here in Israel were experiencing some rather profound leadership issues right before Hamas's invasion and massacre. And as far as I can see from here, American Jewry could also use some deep orchestration as well. And my perspective is that the leaders whom we've known, the ones that are sitting, whether in the Knesset today or at the heads of the communities on the other side of the Atlantic, have had their chance to shape the generation. And many of them have done tremendous good. But the time has come for the generation to produce its leaders, to marshal itself, to find those voices who can guide our collective forces to take us where we really want to go. So what is victory, nitzahon? It's a deceptively simple question, and one which, which, if we fail to answer, is going to guarantee that we'll never achieve it. Now, historically, victory in war has largely been measured by two things, seizing territory and maintaining high morale in the society which is fighting to do so. Victory means clearing out an outer space in which your existence is no longer a cause for combat, holding your boundaries and your borders, and an inner space where you feel good about doing what it takes to do that, to take care of yourself. Now, I got news for you. That's a state of being which is not all that familiar to the Jews. Our insistence on existence has been an act of resistance since slavery in Egypt. And at least since the Exodus, when we broke out, you could say that Jewish history has been the longest war. And there have been times where we managed to seize territory. And there have been times when we've kept our morale. But succeeding in a continual struggle to survive, keeping our own identity free from the internalization of all the hate 
and the terrible things which have been said and directed toward us for millennia, that's not enough. The classic historical definition of victory is not nitzachon, because nitzachon, real victory, has netzach at the heart of it. And netzach means eternal. Netzach is forever. We have to elevate a vision of victory that's worthy of the heroic efforts which will last forever. Remember, a war is guided not by tactics, but ultimately by the vision of victory which upholds it. You know, in my counseling work, when I sit down with people who are struggling to get where they want to go in life, we often speak about a three-part structure, that you in life can be a victim, a villain, or a hero. And what differentiates them more than anything else is the vision they have that empowers their actions. A victim gives up on vision, gives up on empowerment, and doesn't have to take responsibility for anything. If you're just an object of others' actions, there is a certain comfort in not having to wonder where you're trying to get and just being buffeted by the world around you and complaining that you're a victim. A villain thinks that they have a vision, but the reality is they're taking the pain which life offers us every single day and they're pouring it out on others. They don't actually have a constructive vision, a world they're trying to build. They're just trying to take out their pain by destroying the world of others. And what about a hero? Well, a hero accepts the fact that life happens to us and often in quite painful fashions, but is guided by the key question of how can this make me who I want to be, which means that to be a hero requires a vision of self toward which we are striving, whether that's an individual or whether that is a people or a planet, right? A hero never gives up and achieves victory by moving forward in every situation toward a vision which is large enough to encompass all of life. Victory must be heroic in its intent, free from the fears that hold us back about whether we could actually achieve just a thing. And the vision of victory must be great enough to guide us in every single struggle. And as a people who've been all over the planet and down through every age, there's nothing like the vision of redemption. You know, the belief in redemption is less fashionable, I think, amongst Jews today than perhaps it ever was, although it's making a quick comeback. But it's always been a keystone to our ability to fight the long war of our existence. And our vision of natural, national victory is not simply living a normal life, sitting quietly in our own land. It's actually a vision of universal redemption, which is why if you look at the Rambam's laws on kings and wars, something you might think was the ultimate particular stance, how we justify just war in defense of our interests, seizing territory, in keeping that morale high, you look at the very end, you actually get a vision of redemption for the whole world. He says, In that day, There'll be no hunger, no war for anyone. He says, No jealousy, no competition, because all the good things of the world will be abundant. Right, Everything you could want will be like the dust of the earth, says the Rambam. There will be no need for anyone to need any longer. And he says, The world will only be occupied with what? The dat et Hashem bilvad. To know God. And not as a technical, external knowledge, but as that deep, intimate knowledge in terms of 
Adam yadat chava ishto. The man knew chava his wife. It will be a joining between the world and God, which will bear fruit. And the Rambam goes on. That's then once that happens, and the world is so ordered with abundance, peaceful, and full of plenty, then Am Yisrael is going to be chachamim gedolim, great in wisdom, yodim devarim astumim, knowing the hidden secrets, and yasigudat boram. They'll be able to actually grasp the divine consciousness to the limits of the human extent. As he says, Because the real vision, the way in which the Rambam ends, his whole section, not just on kings and wars, but of the Mishnah Torah, his legal work altogether, is the vision of Isaiah, of a world in which a divine consciousness fills the world like the waters fill the sea. Because Nitzachon is lanetzach. Real victory is forever. Which means it can't just be about seizing a piece of territory or keeping up morale. Those are important means toward the ends. But they have to be in service of an eternal, all-encompassing vision. Oh, let it be soon. Let it be now. The netzach at the heart of Nitzachon, the eternal which really is the crux of victory, means that we are playing the long game. Now, there's a phrase which, irony of ironies, I first learned during the expulsion of the Jews from Gush Katif, which I can't help but saying has a direct connection to the battles we're fighting today. I learned this phrase then by the very noble people who refused to fight their brothers and left their homes even though they knew that it was going to set back the process of least our national safety, if not redemption by a real stride. And what's that phrase? Am hanetzach lo auka. The eternal people isn't afraid of the long road. We are on the long road. And when you're on the long road, the most important quality you can cultivate is determination. And if I look around today, thank God, When I look at my children, I look at their generation, that generation that the Southern Command called Dol HaNitzachon, the generation of victory, I see they're beginning to overcome this dangerous addiction that we all have to comfort, right? We have to overcome Nochiut in order to get to Nitzachon. We have to overcome our sense that comfort is a supreme value if we're actually going to achieve victory. By the way, we also have to recognize what it means to be Am Hanetzach, the eternal people. Because I tell my kids all the time, God made a promise to Am Yisrael that redemption will come, not just to us, but to the whole world. However, there was no promise to you or I. All we receive is the task that we find in our time, which will help to build the world toward that precious achievement, whether we see it or not. That's part of being on this derech arucha, this long road, and being a nation which people come and people go, but the task of the nation is forever. You know, people attribute this phrase of to Rav Cook, which is not entirely accurate. He didn't actually ever say that the eternal people isn't afraid of the wrong road. What he actually wrote was the following. He says, Our life is long and therefore so is our path. Right? We are great, and therefore our comprehensions or the things we achieve are great. And because of that, great 
is our suffering as well. And he says, great will be the comfort we finally receive. Right? When you live in intergenerational consciousness, your achievements and your sorrows and the ultimate comfort are all well beyond the scale of the individual. And then he says, Magdulahi harikanut hanisheret balev, right? And how great is the emptiness left in the heart after all the excitement with of war and the tumult that it brings when when they don't have an eternal purpose. Because the power, the excitement, the pain, the achievements which come through the disruption and energy of war will only leave emptiness behind, says Rav Kook, if they don't have an eternal purpose. And that's because, that's because anytime Rav Kook used the word netzach, he knew it didn't just mean eternal, it's Hashem Hashem, it's a name of God, which means netzach Israel, the eternal one of Israel. And that means that our vision of victory needs to be free of personal interest. It can't just be about living a normal life. It must be in service of the absolute. And that takes me to one last piece of what Nitzachon might actually look like. There are many chapters in the book of Psalms, in Tehillim, that begin with the phrase, The simple translation is, for the conductor. I mean, after all, these were musical pieces given over to someone to perform. But what's the connection between the conductor of a symphony, of a musical piece, and Nitzachon? Did you hear it? Laminatzech can also sound like for the victor. What is the connection between a symphony, victory, and the eternal? You know, in English, the word symphony comes from the Greek symphonia, meaning agreement or concord of sound. And it's put in opposition to diaphonia, right? What we know as discord. So you might think that the answer to my question is quite clear. The menatseach is the one who achieves victory over discord, ordering the world in a symphony of consonance and not dissonance. It sounds great. And there have been many people through history who've tried to get everybody together to sing the same song. That's a hard one to sell to the Jews. We've been the dissonant note in so many eras, in so many societies, right? The stone that the builder refused. We've been the subject of so many attempts by everyone from the Greco-Roman world to the Nazis to radical Islam to eliminate our discordant note that I would strongly discourage any Jew from falling into the trap of this narrow Greek vision of what symphony means and what it means to get along. Because a true minatseach, the real conductor who achieves the eternal victory of Nitzach, Netzach and Netzachon, is one who can hold harmony and discord together, who has a horizon that approaches the infinite and therefore can actually encompass them both. It's in a way which doesn't just tolerate evil. I'm not saying we should leave the problems unfought or simply destroy it to get them out and clean the area so we can have a nice simple song, but rather is able to rectify it. Because victory isn't just the destruction of our enemies. It's the integration, the healing of the problems that created them to begin with. 
Destroying evil em- enemies is actually usually the first and easiest part of victory. Bringing the pieces of the world into right relationship so that the lack which created the evil in the first place can be filled, that's a much greater vision of victory. Again, Ralph Cook, the visionary, tells us, he says, the characteristic of love that dwells in the souls of the righteous embraces all creation, not excluding any item, people, or language. Ah, you might say, what about evil in our enemies? Well, he goes on, he says, even Amalek, the anti-Israel, the archetypical enemy who were commanded to erase, he says, even Amalek is only erased mitachat from beneath the heavens in our limited human horizon. He says, but through clarification, even Amalek can be elevated to the root of good that lies above the heavens. In other words, God doesn't waste time or energy. Anything in the world which exists, even if it has to be defeated in the form which we find manifest, ultimately express the divine good, which is to be integrated. He says, everything there is combined in a supernal love. Though He warns that you need great power and mighty purity for this lofty unification. Well, as he himself said, Amanetzach, the eternal people, isn't afraid of that long road. And he goes on, he says, even though sometimes love of creation encompasses everything, even the wickedness included, this shouldn't diminish our hatred of evil. And this is important. Just because you are a minatzeach, a victor who's attempting to conduct the whole world in all of its pieces in one song, harmony and discord together, doesn't mean you shouldn't hate evil. On the contrary, he says, it should strengthen your hatred of evil. Because it's certainly not due to the wickedness of evil that is included in love. It's not the bad in the bad that makes you love it. But rather, there is some aspect of good in it. God created everything, which means ultimately there is some good which is failing to find its expression. Love believes, says Rav Cook, it exists in every place. So, basically... What I'm saying is this. A generation of victory can't afford to sing the same song. We have to unleash our imagination. We have to be able to conceive of a world in which a minatzeach isn't just a victor or even just a conductor who, who brings together all the pieces in simple harmony. It's someone who integrates the pieces of the world in a way which can express an abundance of life which we have not yet lived. And by the by, this is an important link in Torah between what we call Netzach and Tiferet, between the eternal aspect of victory and the beautiful aspect of healing. It's a discussion that lies ahead, but I want to say to my brothers and sisters out there in the United States of America who may feel far from this very Israeli notion of Dor HaNitzachon that the generation of victory has a twin, Dor HaRefuah, the generation of healing. And in many ways, it might just be my children born here in the land who have to fight the battles in order to clear the space for victory. But it could be your children there in America who have the powers to heal, which will make that victory eternal. We need vision. We need determination. There needs to be a service service of the sacred, of Netzach Yisrael, the eternal one of Israel. There needs to be a commitment to leave no piece of creation behind. And when we can combine these pieces of Nitzachon, well then, it's onwards to victory. Let it be soon. Let it be now. This project's still in the early stages. 
Give me your thoughts. RobMikeFoyer, gmail.com. Find me on Facebook, RobMikeFoyer. Check out JewishHeroism.com. You'll see the videos of the core content. You'll see some supplementary videos available nowhere else and even source sheets. And you'll see a button in the upper right-hand corner that says donate. You can give tax-free American dollars through that magic technological fix. At the very least, send me your thoughts, feedback, welcome. I'm trying to serve Am Yisrael in every way I can, and I would love to know what it is that you need. I'm Rob Mike Foyer, and this is the Jewish Heroism Project. <laughs>